Monday, March 13th, and it is tourney time. And that means the student section finds their way. It was not easy, but we are ready to go, ready to rock here on this special NCAA tournament edition of the student section. I'm the only one in studio along with Dan Diorio. What do you mean the only one? <laughs> I'm here too. But we have guys calling in from multiple locations. I'm going to call out Tom Scabelli first. Are we on right now, Tom? I believe we are on right now. I'm from a Met Spring training game. In poor St. Lucie, Florida, awful team. Uh, I hate them, but I did get to see Tebow's first ever hits. So that was pretty cool. Sick brag. And Mar- Matt Murphy, where are you at? I'm checking in from Wayne, Pennsylvania. I just was at Villanova's send-off for the NCAA tournament. They, they're they taking a bus to a charter plane to kind of beat the snow that's coming in. So Sick brags good. all around. I heard West Virginia's taking a bus from West Virginia to Buffalo. Wow. Sounds brutal. That's pretty. That could be a factor. That could be one of those inside <laughs> factors. But let's get right into it since we have such a loaded show today. And we're going to start with Matt Murphy's Wildcats. And I, I'm looking at the bracket right now. The, the, I think the biggest storyline as far as what seeding was the committee did that I think I disagree with is Wisconsin is the eight is the eight seed in the eight nine game against Virginia Tech. I'm not sure how Wisconsin got a seed th- three seeds lower than Minnesota when they swept the season series with them. I'm not sure how they're an eight. Is this just my Wisconsin bias showing, or do you guys agree with me there? Oh, I absolutely no, I agree, agree with you. They should not have been an eight, and Villanova got absolutely screwed overall in this East region, Duke being the two, and you're the number one overall seed if you're Villanova, and you get the best two seed. I think the combination of Duke and then Wisconsin playing Wisconsin in the second round, Villanova got killed with this. Yeah, this is a loaded region, too. I mean, you got Baylor at three, who a lot of people thought could get a two seed. Like I said, Wisconsin, SMU, I'm a big fan of at six. I thought they would be a five or a four even. So Villanova, I mean, they really did not get any advantages from being the, the top overall. Yeah, I think the, the Big Ten overall seeding was just a mess from the, this committee this year. Minnesota as a five seed, while uh, Wisconsin's an eight seed, is just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I found that very shocking. But I think the one thing that Villanova can be happy about with this region is that I think there's a good chance that the five and the four both go down in this region. UNC Wilmington's a team that can score the ball very well. They play a team in UVA that can't really score. They rely a lot on their defense. And then Florida against East Tennessee State. Florida has an, an injury now in East Tennessee State. Matt Murphy saw them in person and they really they were the favorite and they I love I like them because they were a favorite in their conference tournament and they got it done in their conference tournament. So I think this is a region where the five and the four can go down. Yeah, ETSU, the name to watch that people are going to get familiar with in March here is T.J. Cromer, the point guard. They get a lot of junior college transfers there, and they actually have a couple guys that transfer from Indiana, IU, so they've got some big-name players. I like them to beat Florida as well. Yeah, I, I have Florida actually in that first-round game, but you're talking about the 12. UNC Wilmington, I think them, uh, Middle Tennessee and Wichita State are the three best mid-majors in it. UNC Wellington gave Duke a run for their money last year. I think they're going to beat Virginia flat out. Uh, I think UNC Wilmington is awesome. They've got a good inside-outside combo. They play fast. They can shoot the three, which Virginia's defense is susceptible to. So I think UNC Wilmington is going to win that one. I actually have them going to the Sweet 16. I think they're legit. I think they're one of the best 20 or so teams in the country. Sandy Orio shaking his head yeah. at that comment. Well, you know what? We... The student section does have a lot of Cinderella teams in our collective bracket, which we'll get to later. 
But in, in my own bracket, I like Virginia. Again, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Virginia. This is a very disciplined team. They play a lot like Villanova. They're very good on defense and on offense. They wait to get a good look. I think Virginia could surprise some people, and I think they could give Villanova a run for their money should they match up. They already met once this season, and it came down to a final second shot. I'd love to see a rematch. By the big rag, like, tipped it in. I like Virginia in that game as well, despite the fact that, I mean, only because everyone's picking UNC Wilmington. They do have a good offense, but they've never I don't think everyone's picking them. Like UVA. Yeah, but a lot of people are picking three. UNC I don't think Wilmington. it matters. <laughs> the, well, phone, I mean, the phone guy is getting at it. Because it's, it's a 12-5, I think, is why it's picking. But I don't know. I think UNC Wilmington, I think if they were, you know, in the ACC or something, they'd be getting a lot more respect just because they're a mid-major. I think, you know, people are looking at them sort of as a Cinderella. I get what you're saying. But I think they're a legit, like, team, like a Wichita State, like Middle Tennessee. I don't think this is like a Cinderella uh, squad. Yeah, I think luck. they're actually talented. Good luck going from the College of Charleston's defense to uh, the Virginia Cavaliers' defense. All right, we'll, we'll see, Matt. We'll see. Wow, this is the type of juice I was hoping for on the show. Go, look at the bottom half of the East you're, region. You're lucky because, we're thousands of miles away. <laughs> just because we, for the sake of time, we could be here probably all day talking about this bracket. Bottom half of that region, the most intriguing team to me is SMU. I'm not the biggest fan of that conference, but they have, as themselves are very impressive. I think they get past Baylor in the second round. I've heard people say that they may lose to USC or Providence. I don't really see that. I think they maybe get past Baylor, go Sweet 16. I think that's probably the limit for this SMU team. I mean, SMU is my team. I like them a lot. Uh, I think they have a, a pretty decent draw to the Sweet 16. I think they could take care of Baylor. I don't think either USC or Providence would beat them. But uh, I think it's a Duke matchup. I actually think SMU will keep it close against Duke if we do end up getting that matchup. Uh, I like SMU coming into it. I would have liked them maybe if they were in the West. But uh, I think drawing Villanova and Duke, uh, I, I don't know if I could see a Final Four run for them. Like I thought I may have been predicting. Matt Murphy, well, had, let's hear your take yeah, on we were, this. Well, we all actually had SMU. In the, we all have them in the Sweet 16 against Duke. I know that because you guys tasked me with the dirty work of putting together our consolidated <laughs> student section bracket. And I think it makes sense. Baylor's a week three seed. I would have picked pretty much anybody over Baylor in this tournament. I'm not New Mexico State in the first round. I'm not that crazy. But I love SMU over Baylor in the second round. They could push Duke, but I think Duke's playing too well right now, even though SMU's best player, Ojale, or however you say it, is, was a former top blue-chip recruit for Duke. Dan Diorio has SMU as one of his starting five teams. What do you think the ceiling of SMU? Yeah, I have them in my in my starting five segment. That being said, I don't like them as much as what it sounds like Tommy likes them. Um, I like them to beat Butler or Baylor, excuse me, but I think Duke will give them fits. Uh, the American Conference is just nothing compared to the ACC. So I like Duke in that game. Should it come to that? Going to move on now to the West Region. We're going to get to our. We'll get to our picks later on when we do our composite bracket, but I just want to make sure we get across most of these first-round matchups here. Moving down to the West region, I'm, I think this region is kind of weak. I think we all looking at the bottom half of that, of that region with North Dakota, the 15 seed, and our boy Quinton Hooker. <laughs> but as far as Gonzaga's road to the Final Four, I think it's actually relatively easy. I see a possible Sweet 16 matchup with a uh, – Notre Dame or West Virginia, that's the game I'm going to go back and forth on. Neither of those teams I see getting upset in the first round by Princeton or Bucknell. That Notre Dame-West Virginia second-round game I think could be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, how about Notre Dame? Two straight Elite Eights. So they're going for three straight Elite Eights, and they'll have to beat 
Gonzaga to get there. That's if they even get by West Virginia. So it's not as easy as a path for Gonzaga as, as you might think, James. It, it'll, it'll be somewhat difficult. Now, this region is awful. I was so mad at the committee last night for, for this. I think seeding by region is stupid. Gonzaga, I think, is the, the worst one. I think Arizona is the worst, too, and they're just in the same bracket uh, because they both play out west. I think that's a dumb thing. Uh, I, I was so mad when I saw this bracket. I feel like there's usually one region that's worse than the other three, and that's where I like to sort of pick a dark horse team, maybe a five or six feet or something to make a final four run. But I don't even like any of the low teams down there. I'm not big on West Virginia. Notre Dame, I think, is an awful matchup for Gonzaga with their two seven-footers against six-five Fonzie Colson inside. And I, I don't know. I, I just don't see any team in this bracket that can make a final, uh, final four run from a lower seed. I think it's an easy draw. For Gonzaga, and I don't usually like taking them to go to the Final Four. I, I never have before, but I think I'm going to end up doing it because I think they're, they're super talented, and, and with the draw they got, I think it's a relatively easy road, like you said, Becker. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Gonzaga should get to the Final Four in this bracket. Um, Notre Dame, you have to you have to appreciate what that Mike Bray has done with that program, almost winning the ACC tournament, and like Murphy said, going to the Sweet 16 several years in a row now. Uh, you know, definitely nothing to overlook. But at the end of the day, I think Gonzaga takes it. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised with the, how good their um, performance is this season. One team we haven't mentioned in this bracket, none of us did, and part of the reason why is that I have it being upset in the first round, and it's, it's my highest first-round upset other than, other than North Dakota, is Florida Gulf Coast over Florida State. I think Florida State, the, the, biggest thing, the biggest thing with me is that they really struggle to win away from home. I know this is kind of like a home game, but it's also in Florida against Florida Gulf Coast, so they're going to have a lot of people there as well. Florida Gulf Coast is a good team. They were the favorite in their conference, and they really weren't, if I'm not mistaken, they weren't really challenged in their conference tournament to, to a big degree. So I think that they win this game. I think that they beat Florida State. That's part of the reason why I think this, re this region is weak is because I think Florida State, yeah, their 3C, is going to go down early. Yeah, James, I totally agree with you. I've got Gulf Coast in the Sweet 16. I think you do also because this team is better than Dunk City, the 2013 version. They have more dunks total this season than that team that got that nickname did, the team that beat Georgetown and beat San Diego State. So I think they're a dangerous 14. They might be a little underseeded for how well they played this season. You know what? I, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here you go, Dan. I All was right, just going to uh, oh, okay. <laughs> a little shaky here on the student section. I'm going to go, Tommy. Um, I just think that Florida State is being overlooked a little bit. I know, obviously, most people that, you know, make a bracket are going to be picking uh, Florida State to win. But there are a lot of people that think that, that Florida Gulf Coast can pull the upset. You have to remember, Florida State is the biggest D1 team in the country. I think they have the most seven-footers. They're huge. Their lineup is huge. They play like the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't see Florida Gulf Coast. For some reason, Matt Murphy thinks the amount of dunks you throw down in a season is like a, a, a good a good stat. To me, that does not make a Final Four team, or that does not make an upset team, anything of that nature. I'm going for I'm going Florida State confidently. Yeah, I've got Florida State too here. I know they've been a little inconsistent, especially away from home, but there's some legitimate NBA talent. On that team, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about Florida Gulf Coast. That's what I usually use these next three days to do. It's just similar as myself with like mid-majors like Sam Bucknell, New Mexico State. These two names that come to mind more. But I still don't think – I think a mid-major – I can't see them upsetting a team with that much NBA talent uh, that Florida State has. I actually think the Seminoles may get to the Elite Eight. I think the winner of 
them and Maryland. I have Maryland beating Xavier. We'll actually get to the Elite Eight and play Gonzaga. But I, I, I'm not high on Florida State. I think they're the weakest three. But, again, it's just such a weak practice that, you know, kind of, kind of their only, no. my only option. For the record, Dan said I am putting too much emphasis on the amount of dunks they have. But they were a 16 last year. I forget who was the one that they pushed at halftime. North Carolina. They really, yeah, so they, they played a great game against UNC last year, and that was without Brandon Goodwin, who was sitting out as a transfer, and he's their leading scorer this year with 18 points per game. So you add 18 points per game to a team that almost made history, well, not maybe, maybe, maybe not almost, but they had a really strong effort against the number one seed UNC last year without a guy in their lineup that's their leading scorer now this year as a 14. Yeah, they were, they were beating North Carolina at, the, at halftime by one point. That was really the only time the game was close until the national championship game for North Carolina as far as uh, halftime scores were concerned. One team that we're also overlooking in this bracket, and I think it's for a good reason, is Maryland. I think they really started to trend downward as the season got on. I'm not sure how they got a higher seed than Wisconsin as a, as the sick, as a sixth seed. I Xavier is a team that I'm also not so sure about, but I think I have them beating Maryland and going into the second round. No, I like Maryland actually a lot. I think Melo Trimble, a, a junior guard who's a star, I think, there are some other young talent on the team, but I think Mel Trimble will uh, lead them uh, past Xavier, who's played really awfully without Sumner outside of the Big East tournament. They didn't beat any Big East opponents uh, from February to early March outside of DePaul. I think Maryland, I don't love Maryland. Again, like, I don't love many teams in this bracket, but I think they have a, a pass to the Elite Eight, like I said, them or Florida State. I, I think Mel Trimble can ball out. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, Maryland hasn't lost a first-round game in the tournament in a ridiculous amount of time. I forget how many years exactly, but I'm not crazy about them, but I do think they will beat Xavier. And then I like Florida Gulf Coast to beat Maryland. I don't think I don't agree with Tom in that Maryland can go to the Elite Eight in this bracket. I think we're neglecting to talk about the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, but I guess I'll let some. We haven't mentioned Arizona either. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're, we're moving down the line. I, I, Arizona, I. I as all of us were, I was wishing North Dakota got a better draw than Arizona. Arizona's coming into this red hot. They looked great in the Pac-12 tournament. They probably played their best basketball in the Pac-12 tournament, I would say. So, I mean, I'm, I I filled out North Dakota on my bracket just because I don't want to not fill out North Dakota. But that's a tough, tough draw for the Fighting Hawks. They're going to play their best game. The mic just fell down. I caught it, but we're all right. <laughs> I think it could be a worse draw. I mean, I think... Any of the other twos would be a worse draw for North Dakota. I would have liked to see them play Baylor in the first round, either in a 314 or 215. I mean, Arizona's talented. I don't think North Dakota is anyone that's going to be able to match up with Markkinen, but I, it's, it's not crazy. I mean, I think Hooker can, can him and uh, Grant Grundell could also, you know, drive to the hoop and, and draw some fouls. So I don't know. We, we've got North Dakota, the Elite Eight <laughs> composite bracket, a bit of a hot take there. Uh, but I don't know. I think it could be worse for the Hawks. Yeah, I so badly wanted to pick North Dakota, and if they were playing Baylor, I would have, but I couldn't pick against Arizona. And if we see an Arizona-Gonzaga Elite Eight matchup, that's a rematch from earlier this year. Gonzaga did beat Arizona, but no Alonzo Trier in that one. I think the combination of Trier being back and the Final Four being in Arizona bodes well for the Wildcats to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, Yeah, but is that game in Arizona? No, that game is not in Arizona, but I think if they, they could get there with that on their mind because they'll be looking ahead to it, they'll be looking forward to it. Oh, because Gonzaga won't have that they want to go to the Final Four in their mind? No, but you know what? I, <laughs> good point, good point, good point. <laughs> One team we skipped over was the uh, St. Mary's-Virginia Commonwealth game, 
And I think I, I feel pretty confident taking St. Mary's there. I know a lot of people are going to see VCU and realize like their ter- their past tournament success. But I think St. Mary's could be a legit threat here to not only beat VCU, but also give Arizona some fits. Yeah, I think St. Mary's is it's, – it's, I think it's a tough matchup for St. Mary's. I think athletically – they're not going to be – San Diego and Portland aren't giving them the type of defensive pressure that VCU is going to bring them. But I think they'll just be enough balanced scoring and little – they'll show enough composure, I think, to win that game. But I think that's one of the intriguing 7-10 matchups of the tournament. Yeah, I read yeah, got- VCU has never lost – has never won a tournament game as a double-digit seed. Uh, Tom, what were you going to say? Never- Wait, what, what did you just say, Matt? BCU's never what? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, that doesn't make any sense. That I was going to say, sense. never lost a game at no. the level No, that, that could be it. That could be it. I think I'm thinking of but Dayton. They, no. BCU Dayton made the Final never, Four as an 11 seed. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm getting them confused with Dayton. I've been doing a lot of research in the last 24 hours. I think the stat <laughs> might be not positive that Dayton hasn't won a game as a single-digit speed in the tournament when they're favored. That's the Wichita State matchup that we'll get to later. Gotcha. Right, yeah, I, I like St. Mary's in this one, too. I'll just throw that in there. I could get a St. Mary's-North Dakota matchup between two of my starting five teams in the second round. All right, moving on to the Midwest just for time purposes. I think, first of all, there are, I think there are three loaded Big 12 teams that could, all three of them, I think, could come out of this region. Kansas as the number one seed, Iowa State as the five seed, and I'm big on Oklahoma State, the 10 seed. In my personal bracket, I have them going to the final four, even though they're playing the team of destiny in Michigan. I'm not really sure. that That's a tough draw, I think, for both teams. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think Oklahoma State comes out on top, though. Too much offense. I know me and Tommy are both high on Michigan. I'll let Tom cover that one for us. Yeah, I like Michigan a lot. I said last week before the Big Ten that I thought they were going to win the Big Ten, and they did. I didn't account for the fact that they were going to be propelled by destiny even more by that almost plane crash on Wednesday. Thankfully, they're okay, and I think you know they, they could be a team that makes a serious run. So Derek Wall playing really good at point guard. Irvin's a, a good scorer, too, in the backcourt. DJ Wilson's really coming on. I don't like how many people are jumping on their bandwagon. I think they're going to be a popular sleeper pick. But I do think they got a tough draw. Oklahoma State, I like a lot with you, Decker. Louisville, I think, is a really strong two as well. So I I think we're going to get a, a rematch between Louisville, Michigan, uh, you know, 2013 championship rematch. I think whoever wins that goes to the Elite Eight. But I, I have Michigan right now, but I may switch to Louisville. I'm not sure. That, it's, a, it's a tough draw for Michigan as much as I like them. Yeah, I'm one of the people that Tom's referencing drinking the Michigan Kool-Aid. And if this, if either of these two teams matched up anywhere else, I would pick them both in the first round. I've flip-flopped. I'm on Michigan in this one now. I heard Seth Greenberg on the radio today saying he likes Oklahoma State in this one because, quote, they get after it on defense, but they give up 78 points per game, which makes absolutely zero sense. That, Maybe that's the complete to opposite of what, of what they are. They, they score and don't get any stops. Seth Greenberg. Yeah, so I'm not really sure what he was talking about, but Oklahoma State averages 85 points per game, gives up 78. I would like their matchup ordinarily, but not against Michigan in this one. I like the seven seed here. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the more intriguing matchups of this region. Iowa State, we all seem to be pretty high in, and for good reason. We saw what they did in the Big 12 tournament. Me and Dan were talking about this matchup before the show started. Miami against Michigan State. I know everyone loves to pick Michigan State in the tournament for the purposes of Tom Izzo, but... I, I'm really going back and forth on this 8-9 matchup. I think Miami may actually win this game. 
Yeah, I've got Miami as well. I mean, I think a lot of people I've seen are picking Miami to potentially beat Kansas in the second round. I don't know if any of I think Dan took that, didn't yep. you, Dan? I, I did have that. I don't see I mean, Kansas I just, winning. I don't see Kansas uh, going far this year. Yeah, I, like I think Miami Aranega as a coach. Tom? Yeah, I think Miami's a bad draw for Kansas. I think they play really good perimeter defense, which is where Kansas kind of thrives. But I, I, I think I have Miami in our bracket. I don't know. That's a game that I'm going to have to end up deciding Wednesday or something. I actually think Kansas will beat any of them. I got Kansas for the Final Four. I like Kansas more than any of you guys, I think. But uh, that, that's a tough eight, nine game to pick. I think whoever wins. I think Miami's the worst matchup for Kansas. But, again, you can't count out Izzo and March outside of last year. If you uh, are a big, t- big time, long time listener of the student section podcast, you'll know that I'm a big stats guy. According to the stats that I've researched, no team to lose the first round conference tournament has ever won the national championship. Con- or Kansas fits that criteria this year, so be a little bit wary if you're thinking they could cut down the nets. And so I think that's one of those stats that like really means nothing. <laughs> could be, could be. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think one matchup that I'm pretty sure most of us are in agreement on is URI over Creighton. Some A10, they looked great in the A10 tournament. They really rolled over pretty much. They're in control of the game against VCU in the championship. They rolled over Davidson, who I was high on to win the A10 tournament. I think URI can even challenge Oregon in the second round. Am I the only one who has uh, Creighton winning that? You are. Yeah. I just think I think Creighton Creighton is going to be an issue. I know they they lost their leading scorer. But at the end of the day, Creighton plays in a much tougher conference. You have to remember they were in the Big East finals. Although they lost to Villanova by a double-digit margin, I just think that they really showed a lot. They proved a lot. Um, Justin Patton, I don't know how well he's going to match up with Hassan Martin. That's going to be a great uh, great thing to watch. But I think, I think Creighton takes it here. I personally like URI to beat Creighton, but then fall to Oregon. I don't see URI making the Sweet 16, but the other Sweet 16 matchup in the Midwest, potentially Kansas-Iowa State for the third time this year. They split in the regular season. I really think Iowa State, they, they beat them at Allen Fieldhouse this year. I like Iowa State sleeper pick as a five to make the Final Four out of this Midwest region. Monte Morris, I'm really high on the Cyclones. Yeah, I had, I had Iowa State going to the Sweet 16, losing to Kansas and Oklahoma State making the Final Four. So there's a lot of Big 12 love in this bracket. I think th- I don't really see that a big, big upset in this bracket. Even the red-hot Vermont Catamounts, I don't see them matching up with Swanigan down low. And Nevada, I don't see competing with the Iowa State because we're all on, high on Iowa State. But does Vermont have any chance? Uh, well, I was going to say, don't count out Tim Kloos and Iona against Oregon without Boucher. Uh, Tim Kloos is my baseball coach. Shout-out Tim Kloos. I still think Oregon will win, but don't. If it goes January, February, close April. Just remember that. Interesting take yeah. from Tom. <laughs> In terms of uh, Vermont potentially beating Purdue, I, another team, Vermont. If they were playing anybody else, I probably would have picked them. But Tom Scabelli made a good point in our text uh, chain that they don't have anybody to match up with Caleb Swanigan down low. Yeah, I agree. I feel the same way. I think Vermont has uh, really made a name for themselves this year, but unfortunately a tough draw could leave them as a first-round knockout. All right, moving down towards the south region now before we get to our composite bracket. I think one of the biggest pun intended shockers of this seeding is that Wichita State's a 10. I'm not sure how Wichita State was seeded that low. They're six-point favorites as a 10 seed, I should say, 
a lot about with the seeding that they were given, but why was Wichita State given a 10? Yeah, Ken Palm currently has them as the eighth best overall team in the country, which I just think is unbelievable. They're a 10 seed. Their seeding in the tournament is higher than their overall rank. That's unbelievable. I like Wichita State in this game. I've got Wichita into the Elite Eight. And James, not to get too far off track, but how about your Butler Bulldogs in here getting their highest seed ever with a four seed? I think Winthrop can give them some problems, honestly. And if they win that game, I think they're going to get Middle Tennessee in the second round. I think that's another tough game for Butler. So it's Butler's a weird team. I can talk about them for a while. They have games where they don't show up at home against Georgetown, and Georgetown beats them. They lost again in the Big East tournament. They never seem to win in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, but they can beat yeah. Villanova two times during the year. So I'm really back and forth on how I feel about them. I have them going sweet 16 and losing to UNC, but I'm wary of both of their potential matchups to get there. But, yeah, absolutely. But st- staying on the bottom, Tom, I've got a question for you. If, if your Kentucky squad, who I know you're really high on, meets Wichita State in the second round, that's a rematch from a couple of years ago when Wichita State was the one seed and got upset by Kentucky. Why is Kentucky going to be able to beat such a good team like Wichita State and who's so motivated with this low seed under Greg Marshall? Well, look, I, I like Wichita State a lot. I don't want to be like, and I, it looks like I am the only Wichita State downer here on this podcast, but I think they have a tough first-round matchup with Dayton. I don't think that's a cakewalk of a game. If you're playing percentage-wise, I think it's more likely, way more likely that Kentucky even gets to that matchup. I just think Kentucky is a lot more talented uh, than Wichita State. I'll, I'll spoil it now. Kentucky right now is my pick to win it all. This just feels like <clears throat> excuse me, a Kentucky team that's starting to peak at the right time. Uh, you know, they very quietly reeled off a bunch of wins in a row. Darren Fox is a point guard that can win in March. Malik Monk can go off for 40 at any game, on any game at 47 against UNC. Adebayo is coming on inside. Briscoe, they've got role players like Willis, Gabriel Hawkins, who are coming on too. Kyle Parry is a great coach. He could be a better tournament coach than Izzo, and people don't talk about his success in March enough. Because I, I he, he doesn't win championships. He's only got one championship. If you don't have two, you're not in the conversation with the top coaches. So is Jay Wright well, not in the conversation get... with the top coaches? No, I mean, I mean, I, they're in the conversation, but like if you're talking like Jim Beheim, Mike Shashevsky, Tom Izzo, they've all got multiple championships. Beheim only has one, I think. Yeah, Beheim has one. Okay, maybe that was a bad example, but uh, Rick Pitino's <laughs> got multiple. Yeah, I, I just think people count out Kyle Farr. I don't know. He's got so much talent on the team. I like Wichita State. They're an, a, a, a great mid-major team, but I think this isn't as talented of a shocker team as we've seen with Van Vliet and Baker and all these guys. Frank Camp is, is pretty good as a point guard. Uh, what's the guy? Shemet, is he the shooting guard? Yeah, yeah they're both McDuff- really good in the backcourt. And they've also got Marcus McDuffie, and they've got some size down low. They're uh, they're better than they've been in a while, and people aren't talking about I know, them like they are. But they've lo- they lost to every Kearney team that they played this season. There were three or so teams. I don't remember off the top of my head, but four of their losses, three of the four of their losses have come to, you know, really solid teams. I, I think it's going to be a good game, but I just think Kentucky is, is more talented, and that's why I got them. Also, I'm kind of picking Kentucky to win it all because I think they're a team that a lot of people are sleeping on, like you guys. And I think to have a, a winner pick with like five or six teams that I think really have a legitimate chance to win it, I want to pick for a team who's getting slept on, but who I think still might have the most talent. I think Kentucky, I would love to try and pick them because I think they do have the talent to go all the way, but I think they're just too prone to a game where just too many things go wrong. I think I haven't seen a game like that in quite some time, but like 
I'm thinking of a game even like at Texas A&M when they fell behind big early. I just think maybe in the tournament they're not going to be able to come back from that type of deficit. I think they're too prone to maybe a streak that goes against them. I think that would be a great second-round matchup with Wichita State. I'm going back and forth on who I want in that one as well. Also in that bracket, though, I think there's a big potential for a UNC-UCLA Elite Eight matchup, which I think would be one of the best games of the tournament if it comes to that point. Yeah, and that would be uh, really – to see Lonzo Ball get there, I was listening to some stuff today about how his parents, his dad, have, like, groomed him to play in the big moment, and that's why – I think CBS guys like Gary Parrish are picking UCLA to win it all. I think if Wichita State gets through Kentucky, riding that momentum, they could beat UCLA. And then even if UCLA gets to that Elite Eight matchup, I think UNC's size will be a little bit too much. And UCLA can't really stop anybody on defense. Yeah, this bracket is loaded. UNC, Kentucky, UCLA is the top three. Uh, I mean, that's you know those are true blue bloods. Those are some awesome teams with a lot of talent. That's why... I think it is a tough, it's a tough draw for Kentucky. That's why I don't feel great about the pick. And it may not be my official winner pick because I fill out 30 brackets, which I know you guys are against. You're the worst. My official one You're may not worst. have. I, I know. My official one may not have Kentucky. I'll let you know. Right now it's Kentucky. But, yeah, anyway, uh, I think UCLA, uh, Kentucky will match up in the Sweet 16. I've got Kentucky right now. UCLA is a team. I can see them getting bounced in the first round if they have a bad defensive performance, or I could see them winning it all. They're, they're, them and Duke, I think, are two really tough teams to pick. I don't like UCLA at all, honestly. Uh, another research, another stat that I saw was 80% of Final Four teams have a top 20 defensive efficiency rating, according to Ken Palm. Right now, UCLA is 78. I did watch the same thing Matt Murphy watched on TV, the, the Ball Brothers documentary kind of thing. That being said, I, I could see them being the Michigan State of last year and being an early, an early out. I guess we'll see. Yeah. But now quickly, Matt, you want to get something else in before yeah, we go to the composite uh, bracket? No, I was just going to say, are we as a podcast pro or anti-LeVar Ball? we got to have an official call. I kinda, I'm kind of, i pro. I'm pro-LeVar Ball. He says a lot of hot takes, but you know what? So do we here on the student section, so I'm all for it. I'm anti-LeVar Ball. I think I'm anti-LeVar Ball, too, but I could easily be convinced otherwise. Yeah, I'm probably anti because he thinks he can control the NBA draft and get a still on the Lakers. But all right, moving on to the composite bracket. Matt Murphy was the one. That, talk, Matt Murphy was the one that handled it. But just taking a look at it now for the purposes of time, we'll try and move relatively quickly. I'm just going to go by. Let's do the elite eight. Let's was, do the elite eight. Wow, the student section, our, our minds are on the same page. I was going to say the same thing. On the East region, we have the one and the two, Villanova and Duke. Villanova beating East Tennessee State to get there, and Duke beating SMU to get there. Elite Eight down in the West region, we have Gonzaga against number 15, <laughs> North Dakota in the West Couple region. mid-major powerhouses. The old 15-14 Sweet 16 matchup, never before seen until the student section composite bracket. But now in the Midwest region, we have a 5 and a 7. It's probably to be the highest total seeds in, in bracket history. Iowa State against Michigan, Michigan winning that one. but And then UNC against Wichita State. So starting with Villanova against Duke, that's the only real heavyweight matchup we have in our Elite Eights. The composite bracket has Duke beating Villanova. Well, I have Villanova, but the way the numbers worked out was Tom had Duke, uh, and then neither of you guys, or, or Dan had Villanova as well. So it was two against two, and we went with the lower seeds in any time there was a tie. So the number two seed, Duke, got the favorite in the tiebreaker. So we got Duke moving on to the final four. 
we're upset, guys, here on the student section. That was our tiebreaker. Also worth mentioning in that each region, we have East Tennessee State uh, to the Sweet 16. I want to throw that in there. Yeah, go Bucks. And then down the West region, <laughs> Gonzaga. What's the, what's going to be the score game and that uh, the score prediction for that Gonzaga North Dakota game? Because we have Gonzaga uh, edging them out. Seventy nine, seventy eight. The miracle run for North Dakota ends in the Elite Eight, according to the student section composite bracket. Now to the Midwest. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How about North Dakota in their conference title game coming back down six with 53 seconds left, I believe, or 50-something seconds left in change, tying it to go to overtime and then winning in the overtime. What a great comeback from Quentin Hooker, big friend of the program. Need to get that out there. Yeah, can we just talk about what the odds are that at the beginning of the season I would just pick North Dakota out of all these random teams I could have picked. Go with North Dakota. We end up getting Quentin Hooker on the podcast after he has a great season. Then they have an awesome uh, conference championship game to get to their first title ever, uh, their first uh, tournament ever. So there's a legit chance North Dakota beats Arizona. This is a team of destiny. North Dakota, Michigan, final. Book it. Wow. I kind of want to end the podcast right there, but to, to the South region, we oh no, the Midwest region, we go. Ohio, Iowa State against Michigan. There's Michigan. I have been Michigan losing in the first round, so I'll kind of let you guys take control of this game because I don't even think Michigan's going to get there. But composite bracket says otherwise. Well, the way that this worked out was really interesting because I have Iowa State in the Final Four. Tom has Michigan in the Elite Eight. It was kind of just the, the tiebreaker carried the lower seed through to the through the Sweet 16 matchup. So we have Iowa State beating Kansas because it was a split decision, and we have Michigan beating Oregon because it was a split decision, and then Michigan beats Iowa State because it was a split decision. But it worked out well for our brand here at the student section because I know we are high on the Wolverines. So to throw a seven in our final four, it looks like we know what we're talking about. But I, I like James, don't love the first-round matchup with Oklahoma State, and that could be a toss-up. So it's kind of like we had a lot of funky things going on in uh, early on, but we ended up with a one, a two, a one, and a seven. So it's like a, a fe- definitely a feasible final four. But here's the thing. When that actually happens, this podcast is going to go viral. Right now I think my dad and Matt Murphy's dad are some of the only few listeners we have. But once we get these picks accurate, it's game over. Next level. Wait, Dan, did you skip your train to finish this podcast? Uh, I did. You know, the good, good news is there's trains running out of Fordham every, like, half hour. So I took one for the team. We're staying on. Wow. Well, Dan, tell everyone where you're taking the train to or where you're ending up. Uh, well, I'm going to Greenwich, but that's just, like, a little part well, of this. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Greenwich, and then I'm going to Buffalo. Shout out uh, my St. Bonaventure family. And then we're going to the first round tournament in Buffalo, Villanova versus I don't even know what scrubby 16 seed they're playing. And wow. Wisconsin Harsh versus word. Virginia Tech. Should be two great games. It's going to be a grind just to see who plays Villanova. It's uh, Mount St. Mary's against UNO, the privateers, University of New Orleans. I like Mount St. Mary's in that one. I like the way they, they have a guy that's 5'5". Five, five. Did you guys see that? I did. That's very inspiring for a little guy like me. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you just made fun of them on the on the show. Well, the 16 seed has never beaten a one seed, and until they do, they're not going to get the time of the day from me. Wow, I'm ready to have that recorded. But look, look out for the Jackrabbits in round one I, against. Hey, the, the, I tweeted the de- if there's one 16 seed that happens, I think it's going to be the Jackrabbits beating Gonzaga. Mike Down, the Dominator, he may give Gonzaga some fits. All right, moving on to these final four picks, we have Duke against Gonzaga, and we have Duke beating Gonzaga in that one. And on the other side, Michigan-UNC, we have UNC. So we have Duke-North Carolina for the fourth time this season. 
meeting up in the championship. And the first time ever in the NCAA tournament that they would meet. And it would be in the national title. That would, that would be fun to see. The, I was watching ESPN yesterday, and three of the four guys on the cast had UNC Duke in the final. I just I don't see it happening. The composite bracket, it may work out that way, but I don't see that happening. A lot of us are disagreeing with our own composite bracket here, but I still, I'm still relatively well, confident in this thing. This exact final four. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's all do our. Let's do all do our final fours uh, on this show right, right now. Why don't you start, Matt? All right. So, I my phone may have... die. I just want to get that out there. All right, we'll start with <laughs> this, this Tommy. Let's going, start with Tommy. Is going so yeah. Long. Let's start with Matt. I got ten percent. So let's see. Uh, it, coming out of the East, I got Duke. I think they beat Villanova in the Elite Eight. I think Duke's peaking at the right time. We've got a lot of talent. I know Duke's shallow too, but I think Villanova is also really shallow, and I think it, it'd be hard to make another run uh, without a deep dent. So I'm going Duke, peaking at the right time, Midwest or whatever, bottom left region, the West region. I got Gonzaga. <laughs> like I said, I think it's a, a weak region, and Gonzaga will end up taking – every time there's a weak region, I try to outthink myself and pick a mid-seed to get there, and it ends up just being the top seed to get there anyway. So I'm going Gonzaga. Uh, out of the Midwest, I got Kansas. I like them. You know, I think Frank Mason's the player of the year. He's a legitimate guard, uh, legitimate all-star point guard. You've got Devontae Graham back there, too. I think Lucas and Bragg come along, too, in the front court. And then coming out of the South, like I said, I got Kentucky just edging out UNC. But, again, these picks are subject to change. And I have Kentucky over Duke in the finals, again, subject to change. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I hate the fact that he had to preface that or end that with subject to change. <laughs> I've got – one bracket and one bracket only. I'll tweet it out as soon as I can just to let you guys know that I'm not making this up right now. It's already completed. I was done with it last night. Out of the East, the Villanova-Duke Elite Eight game is at MSG is going to be off the hook. Hopefully we'll have some live student section coverage there. But I've got, I've got Villanova taking that one. I'm not sure if Tom was trying to talk to me. It must be just some Mets fans at spring training right now in the background. But yeah, no, that's not me. Going across from the East, to the Midwest, that's where my biggest Final Four sleeper comes into play. Iowa State, I talked about the Cyclones earlier in this episode. I think they, they win the season series against Kansas by beating them in the Sweet 16. I think Oregon somehow finds their way to the Elite Eight against Iowa State, even without Chris Boucher. I think Dylan Brooks is good enough to lead them there, but I think Iowa State riding the momentum after beating Kansas could make the Final Four. And then going down to the bottom half of the bracket, in the West, I like a Gonzaga-Arizona rematch in the Elite Eight with Arizona taking it. Alonzo Trier didn't play the first time they played, so Arizona gets to the Final Four in Glendale. And then in the South, I like North Carolina, the one seed over Wichita State in the Elite Eight. Their rebounding and their presence down low is just too much. So I've got Villanova, one seed, going against a two-seed Arizona, and then a five-seed Iowa State going against another number one, North Carolina. All right. Well, I guess I'll go next. Um, I have some similar picks to Matt Murphy. That includes Villanova coming out of the East. I just think they're they're the better team there, and uh, you never know how Duke plays in the tournament. Should they match up, though, that would be a great game. Like Matt Murphy said, hopefully we can get credentials to that. Uh, the Midwest, this one, I'm not high on Kansas, as I previously mentioned. Unsure yet. I might go Louisville. I might go Michigan. Could Decide be- right now. I'll go Michigan for the sake of the podcast. I could see them being the Syracuse of last year, kind of shocking some people and making a Final Four run. Out of the South, I think it's Kentucky. UNC, I don't think they can keep up with Kentucky. But it is a little bit concerning that they're matched up with Wichita State in the second round. 
that that makes me feel a little uneasy. Maybe though. I mean, they could be playing Dayton. That's why I think I don't know. People are going to ahead of themselves. That's why I still am not. I don't. I feel worried about that Kentucky Wichita State matchup, but it's not guaranteed to happen. Uh, I'm pretty much guaranteeing it. <laughs> I'll wow. take uh, in the West. <laughs> I'm going to take West Virginia. I've been high on them all season. I think Bob Huggins is a great coach. And uh, coaches with Final Four experience tend to go back to the Final Four. And there's no other coaches. Gonzaga hasn't. Sean Miller from Arizona hasn't. I'm going West Virginia. All right, so my turn. First of all, I actually gonna, I'm going to agree with Tom here that it's people are overlooking Dayton a little bit too easily. I know Dayton didn't look too good against Davidson in the Atlantic 10 in their lone Atlantic 10 tournament game. But I think Dayton can very well win this game. I think it's going to be a very close 7-10 matchup. I do think Wichita State wins, but that game could absolutely go either way. But as far as my Final Four picks, I definitely had the most off-the-wall picks of the group. They never really seemed to pan out, except for the one when I had Butler in two times in a row, and they it came out, came out for me two times in a row. But I have Wisconsin coming out of the East region. I know that I just think they're a very motivated club right now because they were given an eight seed. I don't think they deserved it. They looked... Not shocked and disappointed when they showed them on the selection show when they got that eight seed. I think they're going to knock off Villanova in the second round. I would have them playing East Tennessee State in the Sweet 16 and then beating Duke in like almost a turn, uh, finals rematch, them getting to the Final Four. Bias is definitely showing there, but I have Wisconsin going to the Final Four. In the West region, I have Gonzaga. I think their toughest game would probably be their Sweet 16 game against either West Virginia or, or Notre Dame, but I think they finally have a long run. into. I have them going to the championship. I have them beating Wisconsin. On the other side of things, in the Midwest region, I have OK State. I've been very high on them. They could score the basketball very well. Very, very tough game against Michigan. I know they're like the team of destiny right now, and everyone's high on them. I'm high on them as well, but I just think Oklahoma State's going to win that game and then go to the Final Four. I could very well see two of my Final Four teams lose in their first-round games, but, hey, it's exciting. On, and in the South region, I have UNC over UCLA in the Elite Eight, so I have UNC in the Final Four. So Gonzaga beating Wisconsin on one side, and then I have UNC beating Oklahoma State on the other side, and then I have North Carolina winning the national title. I think their sides are going to be too much for a lot of teams. They're very balanced. They have the experience from last year. I think Joel Marcus Page had a great tournament championship last year, but he did not have that great of a season. I think Joel Berry is going to step up big, and I think they're going to take it all. So that's my pick. Well, I'm going to go back to Dan's bracket real quick, and you guys could cut this clip up. There's no chance West Virginia is going to the Final Four. I'm so anti-West Virginia. The press doesn't work as well. Away from home, I think they're going to get. They're going to may lose the first round. I have to read more about Bucknell, and if they don't lose that, they'll definitely lose to Notre Dame. I, I'm so anti West Virginia. West Virginia was an early out last year. Hopefully, they're not the same. Thomas Walkup. Yeah, uh, I expect coached by Brad Underwood, OK State. <laughs> I expect West Virginia to to compete in this tournament. They had all their losses this year were relatively close. The Kansas loss was a little demoralizing, but they they proved that they can hang with the big dogs. And I expect that to be the same case in the in the tournament. James, the five twelve in that region, Notre Dame, Princeton. I'm a little upset you're not picking the Tigers. I mean, that was my prediction early in the year. I don't know why I I would back away from it now that they've gotten they've gotten this far. But yeah, I have Notre Dame. I think they're too tough in the tournament. But if, if that's that's one of those things where if Notre Dame wins, it's great for my bracket, obviously. But if Princeton wins, I definitely won't be upset. If they make it to Sweet Sixteen. That's maybe the best sports, random sports prediction I've made in my lifetime. So I'm, I'm kind of watching that game for enjoyment. Before we, end, before we end, I think we should each go around and pick one sleeper team to watch out for in this tournament. I'll start. I don't know if this really counts. I'm going to go Michigan. I think they could be a Final Four contender and stay woke. I mean, I have Wisconsin and Oklahoma State in my Final Four, so I, I don't think of any 
other team that I can think of. But I'll go even lower and say, I'll say Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, I'm, I think they're, they're just a very good team. They're better than they were last year. And last year they competed with a national tur- national championship finalist for most of that game. They just kind of fell apart late. But I think Florida Gulf Coast beats Florida State, goes to the Sweet 16, and then who knows what can happen at that point. They've done it before. Dan, what do you characterize the sleeper as? Like a team that could make the Final Four, or are you talking just maybe win and go to the Sweet 16, win two games? Well, let me rephrase. Maybe a team, <laughs> a team to watch out for. Someone that's being overlooked, does regardless of seeding, and one you think could make a far run despite you know what most people think. Well, I don't think either of these teams is being overlooked per se, but I have Florida Gulf Coast and Middle Tennessee both in the Sweet 16. I think Middle Tennessee is a virtual lock for the Sweet 16. It's weird to say because they're playing a Minnesota team that had the biggest turnaround in Division One basketball as a five seed, but that's a classic 12 over five. And then in the second round, you get the winner of Butler and Winthrop. Butler's a team that people pick against usually in the first round in recent years, and then they usually win that first round game. But I, I don't see them beating Middle Tennessee in the second round. So I like Middle Tennessee a lot in this tournament. Yeah, I like Middle Tennessee too. I have them and UNC Wilmington to the Sweet 16. I don't know if either of them is good enough for a Final Four run. Middle Tennessee could actually be, but I'm going to go. I've mentioned SMU, I've mentioned Michigan before, but I feel like too many people are starting to get on their train. A uh, team I mentioned earlier is going to be my official sleeper pick is Maryland. Uh, I don't, I still am not sure what to make of them, but I know if there's anybody in this tournament that can go on a Kemba Walker-like run, uh, like he did in 2011 with UConn, it's Melo Trimble. It's uh, Quentin Hooker. So that'll be my official. And oh, side note, Quentin Hooker. <laughs> All right, so it's been a long and fun. NCAA Tournament Special Edition of the Student Section. Matt Murphy and Tom Scabelli, thanks a lot for calling in. Dan DiOrio and myself holding down the fort in the studio. I'm going to take Matt Murphy's line. Be a fan of the Student Section. Catch you next time.